When did you first fall in love with metal? I went to this record store and I was going to get the new Journey album and there was like an older kid there and he's like, don't get that man, get this. And he gave me the Ozzy Osbourne Blizzard of Oz. Yeah. Where else can these kids go where they come somewhere and they all feel a sense of, you know, this is our thing, you know? Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. They came out of nowhere under the ground. Yeah. The, the passion and the darkness. The evil of the music. You know what marriage is like? Marriage is like, you ever go to a concert and you see a mosh pit, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go get in that mosh pit. But then once you get in it, you're like, I do not want to be in this mosh pit. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Alrighty. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Somewhere in Time podcast. Uh, somewhereintimepodcast.com is where you find us online. Get to all of our goodies there, all of our Facebooks, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff. So that's where you find us online. Uh, so this is an interesting episode, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, we got some different people on this podcast. I fired Joe and I fired Keith. <laughs> <laughs> you no. fire me. No, no. Uh, no, I just wanted to do something different. Um, so we've got some different faces on this episode, different voices on this episode. So go around the room here. I'm Eric. Um, Tim is still here. So Tim, hello. Is say hello. I'm still here. Yes. Uh, we have last man standing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we've got Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hey, how you doing? We've got Justin. Hi. And we've got uh, our friend Mike, who's up in Baltimore. Howdy. There you go. All right. So. This episode, uh, I'll admit, I took a little bit from our intro there. How did you first fall in love with metal? Um, so it doesn't have to be metal, but I just want to talk about, you know, growing up, what what did you, what was it that gave you this like instant, oh shit, yeah, this is what I love. This is why, this is, this is what I need to listen to. Um, so that's really it. And then, you know, we'll bullshit from there. And, you know, I'm, it's going to turn into different conversations. By the end of this episode, I'm sure we're going to be talking about completely opposite of that, you know? So, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, um, well, let me go around the room here a little bit. So, Paul, you're from England, right? I think so. Or was yeah. it Australia? <laughs> which, which one is it? And re- recently, when I was house searching, there was a, uh, an Australian uh, realtor. Yeah. Um, and she told me everybody thinks she, they think she's English. There you go. Whereas of course, me being an American, everybody <laughs> yeah. thinks I'm Australian. So, um, yeah. <laughs> really? it's, it's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say? And Justin, you grew, where did you grow up? This area, uh, DC? Northern Delaware, about, I don't know, 30 miles south of Philadelphia. Remember his okay. Metallica story? The Justice uh, story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Don't forget. That's right. That's right. Stone Balloon. Mike, you're right. The stumble yes. right down the street from me. I still walk there. So. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. And Mike, I know you're in Baltimore now. Did you did you grow up in Maryland? Did you are you from this area? Uh, no, I grew up in Harrisonburg, Virginia, until high school. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to start with Paul because Paul is the elder statesman here. I'm not, you know, not to not to pick on your age or anything. But yeah, uh, I'm nearly 53. You just fucking rub it. In. <laughs> I'm not that That's far okay. behind. No, but also you're from you're you're not from America. I think I think you yeah. know. I, I I'm very curious to hear what what you were you know when you were growing up. What was it that really grabbed you? Like, what was the first band or or music that set you were like, oh shit, 
This is good. Well, is good. well I grew up. I grew up in a household. Um, of my my mother and father listening to when well, my father was an Elvis fan, and and then, and they'd also have the Carpenters on, which was <laughs> very it was very hideous. Um, and and then um, at the age of uh, thirteen, we we moved, you know, like a hundred miles away from where all my friends were, and started a new school. Um, and uh, with no friends, uh, and I don't know, I drifted towards all the the, the long haired, you know, um, losers um, because <laughs> I become a loser having no friends. Um, and uh, they were they were into um, Kiss and Rush and all these sort of things. And um, and at that point, I was like dabbling with Genesis and and uh, and, uh, and and just sort of poppy things. And then they took me to um, Cambridge yep. in England. Um, we went. To, I went to my first record store at uh, 14 years old, and uh, I armed myself actually with Genesis by Genesis and Rock and Roll Over by Kiss, right. 74 album, and uh, with vinyl, and went to my bedroom like teenagers do and started listening to it, and um, um, it kind of blew my mind away, really, um, especially the Kiss. I know that's a bit soft in comparison now. Well, no, it's it's interesting because Kiss. I've always said that Kiss is. Um, I think that we're a generation behind Kiss. Yeah, like I think if we grew up, if I grew up ten years earlier than I did, I think I would have been into Kiss. But I think just when I grew up at that point, when I was really getting the metal, they were at that point they were kind of entering their glam phase, and it just wasn't my thing. Yeah, we um, we barely missed that. Just barely mm-hmm. i they they sucked me in i had a friend uh with an older brother who had kiss posters all over his room and um just the visuals alone fascinated me i remember drawing pictures of kiss before i actually heard kiss <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> well it, it it kind of pulled me in you know the uh sitting down with my first vinyl um which i would uh i would record uh, uh using my dad's very expensive record player onto cassette and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my my sound system was actually a, a radio cassette player from a car wired in with a scale electric slot car power pack and two <laughs> door speakers. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was my stereo. Um, and of course, Kiss led to um, me going to the record stores, and I literally um, picked out stuff by art. I'd go to the the rock yeah. and metal section, um, and that's how I found Metallica and Maiden, Peace of Mind, and. and you know, uh, master of puppets and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I was, I wasn't in with the in crowd at school and, and, and back then, you know, they, the, what you call the modern romance and, and, and uh, you know, the, the pretty guys are wearing uh, eyeliner and <laughs> they're, they're trying to look like boy George and, and Duran Duran. Oh, um, yeah. And I was into kiss and then motorhead and iron maiden and Metallica. it all just went from there, you know, and, and the new wave of British heavy metal. Well, that's Justin and I were talking about that just before we, we, you guys came on. Yeah. But so was that just heavy metal to you? Because yeah. like, the new wave yes. of Brit- I mean, that's you know you were in Britain, so the new wave of British well, heavy metal is yeah. Kiss, Kiss then was was heavy metal. Any anything that basically wasn't pop music and it had you know guitars and, and distortion was heavy metal. You know, that's that's what it was called then. The, the likes of Saxon and. Obviously, then, then Deep Purple, Deep Purple was lumped, lumped under heavy metal, you know, even though it really isn't, is it? I think Deep Purple was heavy metal. Yeah, I think so, at the, guess, at the time. I guess, I guess it is. It's old school, isn't it? It's, you know, I mean, you look at well, what, you, what you have nowadays, they it doesn't sound heavy, but... 
They what you have now yeah. didn't exist then. Right. Yeah, exactly. How many so, bands have covered Deep Purple songs? Right. Right. Yeah. And and the influence alone, like, yeah. you know, Lars, I know, points to them as one of the biggest influences. So yeah. my father is a guitar player and a drummer, and he grew up on Deep Purple. And so it's like he loves Deep Purple. That's one of his top bands. Yeah. But in in a in a in a nutshell, in a nutshell, um, you know, in 1982, um, 83, when I was buying my first um, records, and I was brand new into it, I, you know, uh, it, it's what people at school were listening to, you know, yeah. Deep Purple, Machine Head, um, and Kiss, and, and you know, the early Iron Maiden. For me, it was a peace of mind album when that kind of finally come out. But yeah. the first stuff was like to Kiss and Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and yeah. You know, the old stuff, which doesn't sound that heavy, but it is. Yeah. It's what I call original heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. Um it, I felt like a rebel and it was different. And you know, you were in with a group of different people and it was basically uh oh, yeah. pop pop music, you know. Right. <laughs> Posers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's really why I sort of gravitated to all that. And the more you listen to it, the more you like it. And, the, oh, yeah. and then, yeah. of course, it becomes more powerful and harder and heavier as you go along. Yeah. And, you know, Paul, how, I mean, how old would you say you were when you when this started? 14, 13, half 14. I got my first record, which was was Kiss and, and that Genesis album, uh, just, just as I was turning 14, September yeah. 1982. And really, it's because I had a paper round, and I could afford to go and buy a record. My my father wouldn't. I had no pocket money, and I wasn't getting anything. Yeah. So we 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 got on a train and went to Cambridge, which was a big deal at the time when you're 14, and went to a record store, and it was it was a huge deal. Yeah. Buying my own of course. vinyl for the first time. Oh yeah. Spending a whole day, basically touring record shops. Yeah. In Cambridge mm. and Cambridge was obviously uh, uh, it was a lot more hip and happening because it's all universities and students right. and had a lot of record stores with lots of weird and wonderful stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Well, let's, <laughs> let's flip the little, little bit to, uh, I think, I think Mike's the youngest one here. Not like you're super young, but, um, am I probably I'm 44. Oh, wow. Huh, so, I guess I am maybe. Yeah. yeah. So 10 years on you. Like, well, I am, I just turned, I'm almost 24, so I'm catching up. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, I'm, I'm 38. Okay, so, but yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a, an age difference there. Yeah, so. I'm 48, so yeah. Yeah. It's so. nice to be the youngest guy in a podcast. It's been a while since I have been. <laughs> yes, old people doing podcasts. Who would have thunk? <laughs> um, well, that's, so, yeah. What, so what was your experience, Mike, growing up? Like, uh, you know, were you instantly into um, metal? Did you have, like, was it pop music you grabbed you first, or what was it? The first thing that grabbed me was uh, really the movie La Bamba. Okay. Um, when that came out, the song, that was the first kind of rock song that just just uh, just gave me the chills, you know? Like, I'd hear those opening chords, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, that was, like, my first, the first song I really fell in love with. And then, um, like, from there, what's that? Have you heard Metallica cover La Bamba? <laughs> they did, oh, have they? They did in 88. A little, little thing. Not the whole song. Yeah, just a little, yeah. 
a little ditty. Oh, you're blowing my mind now. This is like <laughs> it was like coming back from the first encore. My life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then continuing the trend of uh, being inspired musically by movies with Lou Diamond Phillips in it, <laughs> uh, the, the Young Guns 2 song came out, the Bon Jovi Oh, Blaze of Glory. And that that was my yeah that was my first intro into like kind of modern MTV hard rock you know what I mean okay I think that was the first like actual album I bought and and knew like front to back and knew all the lyrics too and everything um, you know looked at all the pictures on the inside repeatedly and then Metallica I is would I would say is my you know I liked hard rock like. Um, you know, Guns N' Roses and stuff. And um, when I discovered Metallica, I, uh, I I'd seen the T-shirts for years. You know, I'd seen uh, some of the posters. Yep. Um, and to me, not not a great representation of of the actual music um, from my perspective. You know, as a child in the late '80s, early '90s, um, when I saw you know these like terrifying t-shirts of uh, skeletons <laughs> being executed and uh, yeah. things like that. And then, you know, and then I remember like hearing the, you know, hearing one and inner Sandman and um, unforgiven. Yep. Being like, this is really beautiful music, you know, like it, it just felt so much more, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, classy. Then a lot of rock, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I thought it was going to kind of be the opposite. You right. know what I mean? Like, those, the imagery made me think that it would be kind of the, the musical equivalent of, um, like, Friday the 13th or something. Right, right. But, uh, Slayer. you know, I just yeah, that's Slayer. Be, I just, <laughs> it blew me away. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I never really liked the, the heavier, dirtier thrash bands so much like for me i love metallica and i love megadeth mainly just because of the songwriting it's not even heaviness sure. i yeah, just yeah. think they're, they're both incredible songwriters yeah no and, I, um, I get that too i that, so I, you know i like the thrashy sound the heavy sound yeah i i respect the songwriting more than i do the how heavy you can be you know what right I mean? right so it's got it's got to have yeah. it's got to have melody for me a good beat mm-hmm. melody mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the screamer right. is absolutely right. awful. I just <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're just shrieking yeah. on a microphone and, and doing Cookie Monster vocals, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not yeah. listening to that. So right, so, right. Yeah. That never did it for me. I mean, honestly, even Slayer is too heavy for me. Like mm-hmm. Pantera, I liked for the most part. Sure. Um, but uh, when it came to pure heaviness, it wasn't. It didn't really do it for me. You know, Metallica right. had like a, a soulfulness behind the the heaviness and the speed. Right. Right. Let's so, see if uh, let's see if this is. I guess any that's good. my. Uh... Is this it? Yeah. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what Lars is doing. Nice. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's that little wow. <laughs> I now play their version of Blaze of Glory. <laughs> I don't think they would have done exist. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. My first record that I ever was, I didn't, 
My first, the first record I bought was Girls, Girls, Girls by Motley Crue, but I was gifted Slippery When Wet. So, <laughs> yeah, you got it for Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember, I, I, I remember I buying, that one second. I remember uh-huh. buying Slippery From Wet. It's, it's, I loved it. It's, I think now for me, it's good for karaoke. About it. Yeah, I think later yeah, I, I used I used it as a frisbee later on. I, think. <laughs> I, I was not a fan much. Uh, you know, it was short lived. It was well, yeah. I, cool production. Yeah, it's produced very well. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, cheesy songwriting. Yeah. yeah, but I will tell you, a lot of the Blazing Gray stuff I still like. You know, I feel like that was an attempt, I think, to get a little darker and heavier and um, a little more. You know. Um, Alternative, almost, you know. Sure. Like how to humanity made his money. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> don't All right. Think. Well, cool. Uh, Justin, I'm going to move on to you. Um. So, I'm trying to. There's like a lot of different directions I can I can explain this, but essentially, I I was I grew up and went to private schools. Because I was a you know smart kid, I had scholarships, but I lived in a neighborhood that was really rough. Braggart. <laughs> I said braggart. No, I'm not bragging. I'm I had to wear like the, you know, the jackets with the letter on it and stuff, and and so I would come home to my rough neighborhood, and people would make fun of me. Yeah, I played trumpet in a concert band, and I knew tons of like classical music, and that's what I was into. And um, my friends at home would ask me, like, what my favorite song was. And I remember once, must have been, like, 10 years old. I'm like, oh, the Star Spangled Banner. So they, like, <laughs> <laughs> they made fun of me yeah. for, like, yeah. for years about how the Star Spangled Banner was my favorite song. So um, I, I, I hadn't known my dad my whole life. And I met him for the first time when I was about, I guess, 12 and he was a guitar player in Los Angeles and he loved Van Halen. Like that was his top all time favorite band. And he got me started playing guitar and listening to Van Halen. So I went back home and I'm like hitting up all my friends to see if they have Van Halen albums. And uh, eventually one of them gave me a cassette, like with stuff they recorded off the radio and I listened to it and uh Peace Cells was on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And uh, and I was like, what is that? So I would keep going <laughs> back and listen to this Peace Cells song. And uh, I immediately became a huge fan of Megadeth. Like, like every- So was that, was that when Peace Cells was out? Like 86-ish? Yeah, I guess it was. It was about that. Okay. So, and you know what? Somewhere in between there, I had heard Ride the Lightning because a friend of mine would constantly wear Metallica t-shirts and listen to Metallica, and I just wasn't really right. paying attention. But um, he uh, then it became a rivalry. Like me, I'm the Megadeth guy, and he's the Metallica guy. Of course. <laughs> like, I hated Metallica. Like you, I mean, I once I heard them do the Four Horsemen, I'm like, oh my God, they ripped off the mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. Touchy subject. No. Yeah. They did. Yeah. No, well, no, po- no politics, please. They made it better. <laughs> so I guess like the first, it. the first album I had was "Killing Is My Business," and it was on vinyl too. I didn't, I didn't have uh, like CD players and and 
whatnot. And, with that really bad album cover? Huh? <laughs> with the really bad album cover, the yeah, first was, version with that awful plastic skull. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Um, and it, it wasn't long after that till I saw like a short clip of Metallica playing Sanitarium on uh, on MTV. And it was like before they were, they had video, you know, it was yeah. like right, right, right. this random thing. Um, and once I saw that, I was like, holy shit, that band is better. <laughs> Immediately, I became a huge Metallica fan. And then it was right to Anthrax. Um, and then a similar thing happened with Motley Crue. So I, I, I did listen to Motley Crue and I asked a friend to lend me a cassette and he gave me the same type of thing with a, something he recorded off the radio. Right. And after that was um, Piece by Piece from Slayer. Oh, like it was wow. some late night radio <laughs> station that he recorded. So then I became a huge Slayer fan, like the same way that I be, had become the Megadeth fan. So I, it was all, um, you know, I guess coming from those late late radio stations that turned me into a, a metal fan. Yeah. So, and you and ran it, the gamut of the big four. Like yeah. you actually did like. Right. It's true. And, <laughs> and Overkill came in there somewhere too. Cause that was yeah. Anthrax and Overkill were the only kind of local bands to me, like in that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They would York be, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I would say that because I was learning guitar at the time, for me, all these, all the metal came with the guitar. So it was, it came hand in hand. I, I loved the heaviness. Like I know Mike said it wasn't really for the heaviness, but I loved that. It was, I was at the right age, the same age Paul said, like 13 and a half, 14 years old that, um, you know, it just feeds that young you know, you want to be agitated by something. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. At that yeah. age, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and then learning the songs just made me love all that stuff even more until it was like. Absolutely. And then it's just, now it's like, I mean, you stay with that stuff for so long that it becomes just part of you. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's how I got it. Cool. Uh, this is the interesting part because Tim and I, <laughs> hey, we're brothers. Who yeah. knew? Uh, if you didn't know that, Mike, we're brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. funny. You look white. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our stories are going to be similar. So, yeah. but I'll, I'll let Tim, I'll let you. A young Jedi named Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Or well, Tim's big brother, aren't you? So I guess you, uh, right? Well, yeah, see, I, that's, I, that, that's I had that advantage because I didn't buy a lot of records because I just I had two older brothers, so everything I got, oh, yeah. I got from them. That's how I did it too. So it's like, I don't know. My, buy my brother was that pop fiend, ah, um, uh, okay, yeah, uh, and his records would be scattered around on the floor covered in dust, and mine were all in perfect, you know, in the sleeves and perfect. <laughs> and uh, he didn't have no interest in mine, yeah. thank god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I mean, Eric and I both grew up on a kind of a eclectic diet of good rock and bad rock at the same time. Because yeah. my dad, our, our dad, yeah, well, our dad was into ELO and Super Tramp, but also like Kenny Rogers and like John Denver, John Denver, and so there's kind of this weird. But I think the ELO thing and the Super Tramp thing uh, that introduced this kind of this melodic sensibility that we understood. Which I think is why, to this day, we we kind of seek that out. We're looking for like a heavy but 
melodic at the same time. A lot of the right. extreme stuff doesn't really appeal to us. But yeah, we weren't, I don't know. It was our neighbor, Tim Caperso, who uh, introduced us to Iron Maiden and Ozzy and uh, Scorpions and like Dio and, you know, and Rat yeah. and Van Halen. Like, it was a kind of a mix. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and he eventually brought over Master of Puppets. And uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> it was, I was, Iron Maiden was my favorite band, and I didn't like Iron Ma- or Metallica because it was too fast. That's what I said. It's too fast. But I was like, uh, I'll still I'll go ahead and record it. I'll put it on cassette, and I'll check it out. And then I became obsessed. It was like, this is the best thing ever. Oh, my God. This is so awesome. <laughs> and uh, our other friend, Kip, who's down the street, he was way into glam. And we were sort of, all this stuff was sort of like just coming in from all directions. So we we're getting like Metallica and Iron Maiden and Megadeth and Anthrax, but also like he's showing us like some other stuff that wasn't, at the time we didn't, we were just picking what we liked. So we liked some of the glam right. stuff. We were like, ah, oh, you know, Bon Jovi's pretty good and Rat's pretty good and, you know, Def Leppard pretty good. You know, all this stuff was sort of like happening all at once. And we, had, we were young. I mean, I was yeah, young. I, you know, were, I was like, I was fourteen. 12, so 11. you were, you were yeah. like ten. Yeah. This is eighty six. This is nineteen eighty six. I didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, I was going to be fifteen. I was fourteen at the time. So, uh, eventually, it sort of whittled down into okay. We're starting to figure out what we like. And our older yeah. brother Stephen was in this too. He was involved in this whole thing too. So he uh, he picked Led Zeppelin as his band. I picked Metallica. And Eric picked, Eric picked a Motley Crew. For a little while, but it was somewhat short-lived. Like by <laughs> eighty-eight, you were kind of done with the Motley Crue thing. When you yeah, were so, when was, you were ten, you know what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was like Motley Crue was my band for a long time. Yeah, and I remember there was a time they were coming to town, and I was like, I was begging my mom to take me, and she was like, no. And then I was like trying to get Tim and Steve to take me, but Steve all brother, and they were like, no, we're not going to fucking, we're not doing that shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. Motley Crue. What no. are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, I was like all bummed, you know, eleven yeah. years old. Oh, I want to see Motley Crue. <laughs> um, but all this but, stuff was uh, new at the time. It was so cool to discover all these all these bands because they were all yes. Not only were they new, but at the time, this stuff this they were this stuff was brand new. Like the thrash stuff hadn't been written yet. So every album you got was like, okay, what's this going to be? What's this going to be? It wasn't like ah, I've heard these riffs before. It was like, holy shit, listen to this. Oh my god, listen to this. This is mm. awesome. Yeah. But we were, you know. You know what I loved about it all, as 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 I I you know I was young in the early eighties and, and and become a teenager and an older teenager when you were still fourteen, but it, it felt like even if it was glam metal, anything that was heavy metal or hard rock that invaded the whole of MTV, right. everything was like to me it was awesome. It was like yeah. Fuck culture club and all that. Right? <laughs> right. As like, long as there's yeah. no choreographed dancing, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. If, it's, if it's not all that lot and all that pop pop, as I called it, I was like, yeah, do it, man. And I, I bought the whole lot, even if I didn't like it, I, I'd buy yeah. it because it would rock. Yeah, know? that's kind of what I mean. Like you, yeah, just for grabbing everything, just everything, yeah. anything and everything, you're just grabbing it, and then eventually okay. you start to whittle it down into what you really like. But at first, you're like, yeah. it's got distortion, it's got you know fast drums or whatever, and you know, grab well, it. I remember Zeppelin. Yeah, Zeppelin was big for a long time. Yeah, and I think that was Steven. Steven's our older older brother. Yeah, that was his brother. That was his band. He was his, he was the Zeppelin. I remember guy. <laughs> one night, um, waking up in the middle of the night, 
and all I heard was the middle of Hold Out of Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. if you guys don't know the middle of Hold Out of Love. What's happening? What's going on? I can play it for you. But um, <laughs> it, it yeah. freaked me out. I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, I'm hearing this shit going on in the bed. Like, what is happening? <laughs> this part. Yeah, I'm hearing this. Yeah, coming he was, from he was blasting it. Yeah, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, wake up to this, and what is happening right now? <laughs> wow. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that kind of freaked me out. I mean, it, you know, I didn't hate it, but it was yeah. kind of freaky. You know, the um, the main riff for that was the uh, the opening music for um, uh, Top of the Pops, which was on the BBC. Uh, um, it was oh, basically it's so catchy. It was, it was, the, it was the UK's um, charts program for years, and, and the, you know millions. Of, when there was three channels, millions of people would watch it, and uh, and it, it opened up. And any background music was was the riff from 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 that. For yeah, years I mean, and years. <laughs> that's how rock things are. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because as we've gotten older, like there's some stuff that I did not appreciate at all when I was growing up. Yeah. But now I've got like ELO and like, um, yeah, super tramp, know, super tramp. Tramp's great. Like that. Like yeah. I didn't, you know, at the time it was, that's dad's music. I'm not listening yeah, to that. Moody right blues. You've grown a little, <laughs> yeah. Moody blue. Like you, you grew a little older, you grow a little older. And you, I don't know if you're wiser, but you, you know, you're, uh, mm-hmm. you expand your palate a little bit, a little bit. Hey, I, I, I had a crush on ABBA and I can still like it to this day. ABBA, <laughs> you know, yeah. The, yeah. the better ABBA songs are okay because that was, that was played in our house for years. Yeah. So yeah. you don't hear garbage pop. You hear, you hear uh, nostalgia. Yeah. And nothing yeah, you can exactly. do about that. Yeah. I mean, you just, you're exactly. just like, well, I don't mind. This is fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure if it was like the spice girls we grew up with. We would feel the same way, but <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a metal fan. She grew up with the spice. Girls. And uh, I remember her listening to the spice girls and me being like, no, no, no. <laughs> like starting her off with like I don't know what the, nost- the nostalgia point drops off as it at a point it's like cuts off yeah you know you know and and yeah a lot of that pop music I hated then I, I do listen to now because you grow up you know, right. and you expand your horizons but back back then it was strict it was punk hard rock yeah anarchy music and that was it you know? and, well yeah, uh, yeah when I when I met my wife I've told this story on the podcast before but you know. I met her online back in 96 before it was cool <laughs> to meet people online. Um, <laughs> OG man. No, but she was like, one of the first questions we asked each other was, what do you listen to? What kind of music do you listen to? And my answer was, you know, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax. And hers was like Depeche Mode. Uh, boingo, boingo. <laughs> the Cure. Boingo, boingo. <laughs> and I thought, well, this isn't going to work. But <laughs> it did. And, and I've actually come to appreciate a lot of that no, not the cure, but <laughs> yeah, I can't but get bands, into the cure. No, but there are some bands that like I like some Depeche Mode songs. Yeah, know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting as you grow older, just you know, and the people you meet and the the music that you associate with those people, it kind of helps you appreciate it a little bit better. So I mean, you, when you if you play an instrument and you learn some of these songs, I mean, even drums, I just play drums, but even so, you still learn song structure. That came into it too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you go back and play some of the stuff, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get what they were doing." Yeah, I've been in cool. cover bands where we played some 
stuff from the 80s that I was definitely not a fan of, but learning on, on guitar, you're like, okay, that's actually kind of cool what they did there. I can <laughs> <Right>. appreciate that. <laughs> not a fan of the band, yeah. but I can appreciate that. You, you lose some of the ego as you get older. Like that's true. some sort of like, you know, wearing, wearing it on your sleeve, some sort of like, you know, yes. rebellion against the mainstream. Yeah. When you get older, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. If it if it tickles my brain, then I like it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. That's exactly right. We've talked about that too. It's just like, you know, when you're young and you're a teenager, everything has to be your thing or it sucks. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as you get it was, older. It was, it was a very uh, anarchy filled um, you against the world, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're like 15, 16, 17, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 18, 19. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before I before I had that peace of mind album cover painted on my bedroom wall, I had actually had spray painted in car paint Thatcher is a Nazi across my bedroom wall. Because <laughs> um, my dad was into Margaret, you know, Margaret Thatcher yeah. in, in England and, and everything. And, and and I wrote out all these lyrics from these bands called Psychic TV and you know and um and, and, and conflict lyrics and sex pistols lyrics and all, all the anarcho punk stuff. As long as it had the word fuck in it or something, it was written across my bedroom wall. <laughs> uh, my parents hated it. And that's why that's why in, in the end I got peace of mind album cover painted on my bedroom wall. And we had to come to a we had to come to an agreement. Get rid of that filth. What do you want? And I said, Well, I want this album cover on my bedroom wall. Yeah. Good choice. Wow. Yeah. That was a good, choice. good negotiation still. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so so they got rid of the lyrics of Maggot Death by Psychic TV and all that lot. Factory <laughs> <laughs> is a Nazi. <laughs> That's what heavy metal did to me and punk. <laughs> so I mean, it's a horrible yeah. individual. Corrupted you. <laughs> so for me, I guess um, it's weird. The first song I think I remember actually really liking, and I don't know if Tim even knows this, but was uh, Spies Like Us by, I think it was by Paul McCartney. I don't yeah. It was from the movie Spies Like Us. I don't know. I didn't know that was the first song you were way into. It was, yeah, because I remember calling. I think I called B one hundred six or WABA or one of those stations in yeah. see One of the, <laughs> you know, where you. That's how you listen. That's how you heard music. Yeah, that's the only way you could really hear music. That's we didn't have weird. cable yet, so we weren't watching TV. Uh, so our introduction to music was radio. That's all we could get. Right. Yep. So Spies Like Us. I heard that song. I saw the movie, and I was like super into it. I, so you I know called, what? I do recall you being into that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it was like B one hundred and six. I called them and yeah. I, I was like, "Can you play Spies Like Us <laughs> yeah. by Paul McCartney?" And the guy's like, "Sure," and he hung up. And I waited for like four hours listening to the radio to see if they they never yeah. played that song. But <laughs> so I don't think it was a real big hit. But I just sat by my radio like waiting. They're gonna play it. They're gonna play it, and they're gonna say my name on the radio. I think it was like nine years old or something. But um, but yeah. Then after that, like Tim was saying, it's you know. I remember ZZ Top and Zeppelin. Those were two big ones that mm-hmm. Stephen listened to all the time. Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinner. Um, and I was, you know, I was kind of into that. I don't remember, I really don't remember what got me into Molly Crew. I guess it was just our neighbors and, and well, you know. I, I got a bunch of stuff from Ke- or from uh, the Columbia House thing. Okay. So I got Shout at the Devil. I got Theater of Pain. Even uh, the first album. I got all those, all that stuff. So like I had it, you know, and I, I liked, yeah. I liked, uh, Shadow of the Devil. I thought Shadow of the Devil was good. I even liked Theater of Pain when it first came out. I think Livewire was the first song. And I think they had a video for that. Well, I know they have a video for it. Yeah. But I think that may have been what really hooked me. 
that song. It's a pretty rocking song. Yeah, yeah, that song's not bad. Not I mean, bad. there's still some good songs on that album. Those first two albums there are actually, I will say, there's some good songs. We, uh, Paul, we talked about that with you, Paul. We talked about Shout the Devil with you. And yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, <laughs> I don't think you were a fan. Paul's not saying anything, so he's being polite. <laughs> you didn't like Shout the Devil? No. No, really. No. <laughs> you know, it's it's. But like like you were saying earlier, you, you whittle down what you like. Yeah. You know? I, I bought all the Aussie stuff. I bought all sorts of stuff, and, and a lot of it I wouldn't, you know, listen to now. And then we we did the pod some of those podcast things, and you know, I re-listened to some of that Aussie stuff. I, I actually. There's only one or two of his albums I really like. I mean, the first two are the first two are fantastic. Yeah, you can't. Still this yeah. day. We were one. we were way into Ozzy too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ozzy was big. I was, was big in rotation for us mm-hmm. too. Um, I mean, God, I've listened to White Snake and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> What'd you say, Mike? You were scared of Ozzy because <laughs> he bit the head off a of Yeah, I mean, in in uh, yeah, well, you just. You, you guys must remember all the urban legends that like swirled around metal at that time, and like maybe you guys were a little older and didn't believe them. But I was like in elementary school, and uh, you know I was genuinely afraid that uh, Motley Crue were sacrificing puppies on stage, or <laughs> Iron Maiden or Satan worshippers, and That's you right. know, yeah, it was a real concern of mine. Like I, I was scared to find out that my favorite bands were Satanists. You know, like I, I was, because I didn't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. there was there was a whole thing with you know, these bands are satanic. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Let our, your kids listen. That's yeah. Stuff. Like our parents yeah. were like, oh yeah, those bands are definitely satanic. Didn't I in that story that I that I gave you? Didn't I explain how that became a huge yeah. thing in my area? Yeah, like, like you guys all hung out in the woods. The satan, the satanic kids, all in the woods hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And they showed newspaper articles about us. <laughs> Me, my really? like I had a reputation that around my community that I was a Satan worshiper. <laughs> wow, Literally that turned into I was a drug dealer. Well, of course, I mean, the stigma Man. around it, it's like we had the West Memphis one here. <laughs> exactly. yeah. That's right. I heard this stories in the West Memphis thing, I totally related to everything. Oh, I bet. Wow. Well, from like 82 to 88-ish, that's like, you know, the whole Reagan era. That was like, that was, you know, these, this music is evil. The PMRC, you know, don't let your kids near it. They're going to become Satanists and mm-hmm. kill themselves. And yeah, no, I, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that, yeah, like I genuinely believe satanic cults were out there yeah. and they kidnapped children. And the adults were telling me that that was true. <laughs> yeah. And the backwards... <laughs> It was the 1980s, not the 1400s. And I was literally scared of witches. Witches, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, I'm not like that at all. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. I also played Dungeons and Dragons back then, and it was the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious looking back on it. Like, if you watch those old like 2020 episodes where they're talking about that stuff and they're actually playing the record backwards oh, right yeah listen you can yeah. hear them saying satan is my master and, it's no, awesome you're, you can hear it maybe you can hear it because you want to hear it but i hear yep you i hear we would do it on purpose with teddy ruxpin 
That's right. I remember being really excited about playing um, uh, the Nico Brain bit at the beginning of Still Life. Oh, yeah. Backwards to find that it was complete nonsense. And I think at that point I realized it was that was a piss take. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So in uh, Pink Floyd The Wall, it, there's a part that if you play backwards, you'll hear it. There's actually something there. And it says, like, congratulations, you've found a saucer full of secrets. Address <laughs> <laughs> is, and, and it like lists the funny farm at, in some English town. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> oh, congratulations. I've just discovered the secret message. Please send your answer to Old Pink. <laughs> yeah, those were good when they'd put the the backwards messages, and it turns out it's just like, you know, yeah. there's one on there's one on the first Guar album too. Where oh it's, yeah, I think he's singing uh, uh, oh. "Careless Whisper." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's doing a George Michael "Careless Whisper." Yeah, yeah. Guar, Guar doing "Careless Whisper." Oh yeah, oh my god, it's backwards. <laughs> awesome man, <laughs> they're piss takers, aren't they? Remember the Queen mm-hmm. one? The one from uh, Another <laughs> Bites the Dust? <laughs> I like to smoke marijuana. Yeah. yeah. That's real. It is? Yeah. It's real. Is it though? Is it? I, don't, I thought it was. It sounds It sounds like one of those things where it started as a hysteria and then they turned the hysteria into a reality to be funny, you know? Maybe, yeah. yeah. I think they. I think, I think it's another one of those like Pierre Marcy things where it they want be. you to think it's just it a coincidence. Yeah, that could be. It, it sounds pretty good though. <laughs> Was it the Ozzy that they during the PMRC hearings the guy is like playing it backwards and he's like you can hear him saying grab the gun. Oh yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's fun to smoke marijuana is what they're supposed to say. Let me uh, see if this is... That's that's the regular one. Fun to smoke marijuana. <laughs> I wonder if they okay. played that backwards and then got another one bites the dust from playing. It's fun to smoke marijuana. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they, they totally they totally invented that, didn't they? they that was the original it. lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, if we reverse this, it yeah. sounds like another one bites. Oh, that's better. We should do it that. Yeah. Way. <laughs> that's like that's like finding yeah. aliens on Mars, isn't it? Out rocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I always want to play your step backwards first to see how it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Wait, did you play that backwards? Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's a better oh, that's lyric. Way in better. <laughs> well, that makes, that's what I wonder about the intro to Blackened. Um, yeah, I, 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 I wonder that, that too. too, actually. Yeah. It's like, how did they write like, something and then decide, hey, this would be better if we played it backwards? Yeah, I've always wondered that. Like, because it's, it's pretty good forwards. <laughs> it's actually forwards. A... Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, that is, yeah, that how about weird. if we went backwards? <laughs> what? 
Yeah, so getting getting back to my Motley Crue days, yeah. there was actually a moment where, uh, and I've told this on the podcast too, but I, th- I don't remember what song I heard or what it was, but a, a day where I said, okay, I hate Motley Crue now. And I went to my room, I literally ripped down all my Motley Crue posters. Like I had Motley Crue posters and I ripped them down and I started putting up Metallica and Iron Maiden and like I, I graduated or something. <laughs> and, I, and I applauded. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't wealthy enough to rip down posters as soon as I didn't like a band. We yeah. weren't wealthy, but my George Michael poster was on my my wall years after I stopped listening to him. That was passed on for my sisters. I remember taking like whole hip parader magazines and things, anything that had oh, yeah. special on Metallica. Yeah, every single page that had Metallica. And covering my entire walls, it was oh like, yeah, oh yeah, it was almost like wallpaper. Yep. Um, I and I probably spent a week or two doing that, and then I went to school one day and I came home and my mom had just ripped all of it. Oh, oh no! no. Walls with this filth and all this stuff. That sucks. Uh, yeah. She's probably looking for an Andy Dufresne hole. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for what? An Andy Dufresne hole. <laughs> <laughs> he crawled through five miles of oh, you should have just made your room so bad that they didn't want to go in there like mine. Yeah. They, they wouldn't even go in there. That was that. That was my horrible. room. Yeah, yeah, that was my room. <laughs> it was covered with Metallica, but also a filthy pigsty. So yeah, of course. And now I yell at my son because his room was a mess, and I'm like. <laughs> Who's his father? Right. Sorry for watching you, Dad. Exactly. <laughs> hey, your doggy. Yeah. Is that ghost. Ghost. Is that his name? Echo. Echo. Sorry. It should be Ghost. <laughs> From Game of Thrones. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> or the band. Or the band. Right. Yeah. I was actually going to mention Ghost because that's another one. Patrick Swayze movie. <laughs> He's named after the Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ghost is another one of those bands uh, Mike was talking about. You know, when he saw the imagery from Metallica, and you know, he was expecting much more destruction and angry music. But mm-hmm. a lot of people point to Ghost that way too. Though, oh, like, yeah. they see what they look like, and oh my God, these guys are Satanists, and, and then you hear their music. What they actually. look like made me not listen to them. Like mm. I remember being Metallica's at Ryan Festival, and was that 2012? Yeah, 12 and 13, but I'm not sure which one they were. Yeah. They were in 2012, so okay. and they were in like their white outdoor version of that first album. You know how they all had the black robes, but they made yeah, yeah, yeah. On shows, yeah. Um, they came out and started playing, and I saw them all in makeup with masks and things, and I was like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, it had been, I guess, like three years till you and Tim went to see them in Pittsburgh and Tim took tons of pictures. And I'm like, well, those guys like this band. (laughs) Maybe I should give them a chance, like actually listen to them. Yeah. And I bought Meliora, like, I guess it had come out like that summer. Yeah. Still my favorite album. And, uh, and I was, and I just, I guess I listened to He Is and something else. And I was like, holy crap they sound like deep purple and rough <laughs> yeah and all these things that i was like like i had been wanting to hear a band that would like touch back to that classic mm-hmm. metal sound from the early 70s and just this raw sound uh and then i started listening to the rest of this stuff and found beatles influences and moody blues and just 
tons of different influences and then like my respect level for them just yeah. grew so much but i'd still like to hear something like meliora again i yeah. i don't like to hear i didn't like prequel that much um infestesimum is a. Uh, it's not guitar heavy enough, but it's trying to be. It's like they turned the guitar way down in the mix. Yeah, it's got a strange production. Yeah, but I still love them. I, and live, all of it, everything sounds awesome live. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they it's much, much heavier. It's much heavier live, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see them on their prequel tour? Yeah, I saw it like six times. <laughs> they, oh my god, and they sound better now than they ever have because they actually right. have because before they were singing to a track like he'd come out and he'd sing the back the backing vocals were on a track you could tell but now they've got actual backup singers and the harmonies are even better live now it's it's amazing this sounds yeah. so good live now yeah it is so yeah and there's two new guitar players i was worried about them but they're insane they're like no, they're really, really good really good yeah i was concerned like when he was firing people but then i realized well he's the dude writing everything so yeah. i shouldn't be that concerned yeah what was his name? Martin Pil- Pilsner? I can't remember. You the other guitar player? Who Omega. Was, uh, Omega. Omega, yeah. He, oh, yeah. I think he fired him. I think. It seems like. Was it Was it about money and things like that? Yes. But it was the and not in a way you would think. They wanted like royalties for the songs that yeah. they did. Oh, that's from. right. They didn't even yeah, yeah. record. And, but Martin. Got so it. much money in royalties these days. I could see why. <laughs> I think, yeah, exactly. So that the funny thing about Ghost is that the Tobias Forge or Toby they call him, he um Tobias. <laughs> he doesn't take any of the profits from the tours. He give he pays all the musicians and basically wow. breaks even on the tours. And the only money he makes is from the royalties. And the wow. one thing once they started getting bigger and those royalties started becoming more and more, the rest of the band was like, Hey, well, we want some of that. And he's like, Well, hey, you didn't even record on the albums, let alone like this yeah, really. why would you yeah. this is the way this is what you signed up for so then they they drafted up this contract that they wouldn't tour or whatever if he didn't meet their demands and he said well fine i'll just find a whole bunch of new people and that's yeah. how that whole lawsuit and everything happened. yeah i mean he is ghost isn't he he yeah. is ghost yeah he, he is, is. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that that's a solo artist too on top of like the, all the respect i had for that band and then to find out it was just that one guy i'm like man man what the hell this guy is <laughs> like the the biggest genius we've ever seen well it yeah. makes you makes you wonder how i mean look i i hope to god that he keeps putting out tremendous music and i i think he will but i do have this little thing in the back of my head that's like he can't keep going like at this rate and writing such great music forever right. <laughs> yeah Eventually. i mean i mentioned this before danzig was my favorite one of my favorite bands back in yeah, the 90s I love Danzig one through four. Yep. Fantastic albums. Exactly. Yeah. Everything after that sucks. Crap. Yeah. Terrible. They even had Jerry. Why is that? Why shouldn't songwriters get better over time instead of worse? Why yeah, do, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone seemed to peak and then and then lose it. I mean, those first four Danzig albums were Rick Rubin producing, and it was the same band. So you wonder if mm-hmm. that band dissolving, Rick Rubin's like, "I'm out. See ya." And like the very next album was like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. "Well, this mm-hmm. sucks." That next well, one had Jerry Cantrell on it too, right? Dancing did it? Rock. Yeah. Did it? Black House oh. the Devil? Yeah, Black House the uh, Yeah, I, I think that that song had Jerry. I'm going to look it up. Wow. <laughs> it didn't uh, help. That would be surprising. <laughs> no, it did not help. That album was terrible. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the album that it would have like a, a rustic, you know, country-esque grunge guy on. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure he appreciates Glenn Danzig and, and whatnot, but yeah. Gary Cantrell of Allison Chains plays guitar on the tracks See All You Were, Hand of Doom, and Come to Silver. Wow. Yeah, okay. I remember that. Come to Silver. I do remember that. That's right. Okay. I just, it's been so long since I've actually listened to that album that I totally forgot that he was even involved. But, um, but yeah, I, I think the reason why lots of bands end up that way, you'll find like, what anthrax what was that state of euphoria yeah they yeah. talk about how they, they were on tour they're big they got another tour coming up they had to put that together really fast yeah and yeah. i think that's what, how it starts they they're they're touring and their their fame and everything is so much that the music writing part and recording ends up taking a back seat to their yep to, the management i mean we talked about this with with craig on our craig from forbidden on our last episode but management just is like get in there record get in there get in there you know they're like you don't want to slow down the pace so go write an album real quick and, and record it real quick and release it we're like well shit we need to take time to write the thing you yeah. can't just like pull it out of our ass you know so that's how so, i think you can tell like the good bands that don't falter they don't have a lot of albums they they take their time Metallica, it's like what nine albums or something how many albums i don't, I don't know ten i think right yeah in 40 years. 40 that. years, yeah. <laughs> well, they did take like eight years and then five years. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. because I always think bands, after they reach their peak, I wish they would just write one song a year, one really right. great song every year. Think about if Metallica had just written one song a year for the last 20 years. They have. And- <laughs> <laughs> it averages out that way. <laughs> right. I know that's what I'm saying. But they play, like, there's no, you know, bands play music from their, their glory days and then like a couple of newest they just took the time to craft classic songs i'd be happy yeah yeah i mean there's there's some modern bands i mentioned this on a previous podcast but there's the band gorillas they're releasing a song a quarter basically so they have a song coming out like every three months and then at the mm-hmm. end of the year they're gonna have an old like an ep i guess or something i don't know but or maybe it's a month. Maybe it's one song a month. My son is way into them, so he's been telling me about about the way they're doing this. So I'd be fine with something like that as long as there was an actual album at the end of that whole cycle that you could yeah buy. There, or, there's there's gonna be with them. And, yeah, because you know I like the album yeah. experience. I like right asking why did you put that song seventh? Why did you put that song last? Right. Why was that the third? Why you know there has to be a reason for this whole package to be the way it is. And I don't like it just like mm. here's a song and you're like cool okay yeah it's a concept album <laughs> i love concept albums i like when an album tells a story then you know why each song was yeah <laughs> to ask it's like this had to go there because it yeah. tells well the interesting thing now is a lot of bands are you know now that vinyl is kind of making a resurgence a lot of bands are really putting a lot into the packaging of their albums like yeah. testament for mm-hmm. example if you've i don't know if their new, their new album came out just today and yeah there's a whole like box set you can get that's like booklets and vinyl and well, it's, tape. The and album is Tales of Creation, I think. Uh, and then you can get like the fire version and the water version and the earth version. You know, so there's like yes. a blue vinyl or orange vinyl, you know, it's, brown vinyl. Yeah, it's whatever. because they're not making money off of their album sales anymore. Right. So they have to find creative ways to yeah. sell their albums, right? It's like Pokemon, they make two colors so you exactly. right well i gotta have the fire one and the water one right. <laughs> gotta catch them all right. yeah i mean if metallica did that i'd be like well shit i gotta buy 
that one and that exactly. one and that one and that one damn it <laughs> yeah bands are having to find creative ways to make money these days because it's yeah. you know it's merchandise and touring ticket sales and mm-hmm. obviously you know obviously ticket sales are through the roof these days but i get why it's just unfortunate because it's a bummer i can't go to many concerts these days because i can't afford them so i do like overkill now eric oh good do you good I, the more I listen to it, the more I add it to my playlist. The more I good, uh, good, not boy void, but I can't get into it. <laughs> boy void. Boy void is an acquired taste. Yeah, you yeah. really gotta like. Yeah, but that's like my wife trying to get me to eat broccoli um, after eleven years, and I still don't like it. <laughs> so Wait, yeah, do they not have broccoli in England? What? <laughs> no broccoli is an American thing. No, no, yeah, broccoli is painfully everywhere. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> what, overkill, what overkill are you listening to? Like the, the Gustafson stuff from the eighties, or the nineties stuff, or the more recent? It's the more recent, actually. You like? I mean, it's all good. I think. I didn't like the vocals. Where it was really the vocals was just terrible. But I don't really notice it so much now. That's yeah. That's how they. That's how they get you. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. I like the riffs yeah. and the, you know the just it's good it's good heavy metal. Really. Yeah, you get used to it. That's what happens. Yeah, with- I've got used to it yeah. and I kind of like it. Yeah, seek it out. Well, that's why I don't. I think that's probably why you don't like Voivod too. Well, Voivod's weird all around. Voivod is, is that was that was to me. I, I said this before, but it was like learning to uh, appreciate coffee. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Find undertones of tastes that you like. Yeah. Like I had to keep trying and trying and trying and trying. And eventually I'm like, oh, okay, I finally get it. Now it yeah. makes sense. But it took a long time. Voivod is, is like, um, if, if you ever, you know, jazz music, but the yeah. weird jazz music. Yeah. But where there's the zero beat, the zero. Mm-hmm. There's zero anything. It's just like random as shit. You know. That's what happens until you hear it enough, and then you start to anticipate those weird changes, and you go, "Okay, yeah. now I I see the pattern. I see what's happening." But it takes a so long time. Yourself, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, do you know Voivod? Have you heard of Voivod? No, I've never really checked it out. I've been meaning to. I just never have. Play, play some Eric. Play some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is off their last album. It's Probably my favorite song. Let me get to the good stuff. I love this song. You get it. That's Voivod. Yeah, it doesn't feed my frontal lobe. Neanderthal in me doesn't. <laughs> I, love I, don't know, I don't know if I told you guys, but Voivod is the reason I became a huge Pink Floyd fan. Because hmm. oh, of Astronomy Domini? Yeah, when I saw them do that Astronomy Domini, I, I uh, was like, all right, I never really listened to Pink Floyd before this, but now I have to know what Pink Floyd is like. <laughs> and then yeah. I, my mom had the metal... Um, vinyl so i listened to echoes which is why that dog's named echo <laughs> ah, okay. and that was immediately it was like my favorite song in the world if a song was 20 minutes long i loved it period <laughs> the longer a song was the more chance i was gonna like it and that was the side of an album so <laughs> but cool. yeah 
And, you know, I think Gojira has a lot of Voivod. Oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I wonder if it's mm. just got a French-Canadian connection. It might be, yeah. Possibly. Just the way their brains work. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're French. You know, <laughs> what you was just playing there, it, it, just, it just sounds out of tune. Right. It's just it's weird painful. chords. They're weird, strange yeah. chords. They're not really out of um, tune. They're just weird chords. I just don't like the, I mean, I just, it just, it just makes it, it's like, it's like, it'd be less painful having all my teeth smashed out with a blunt. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so like the, fir- the first time I drank coffee, I was like, this is disgusting. And then yeah. I kept drinking coffee and I'm like, nah, this is really good. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta keep drinking the coffee. Right, and then eventually, the first time I had my teeth smashed out, I was like, "This is horrible." Yeah. <laughs> well, you're like, you know what? This feels kind of way bad now. The Neanderthal in me really does not appreciate it. I'm afraid, I've got to be able to bang my head. Yeah. Um, and if I'm going to chill out, it is Pink Floyd. And Eric, by the way, I, I don't know how long it took you to learn that piece of music, but um, you nailed it. You know, oh, thanks. Um, that was that was really really good. But yeah, um, whatever those chords are called, I don't know. I uh, um, I don't know either. I don't. I, I don't like them. I don't know how to play any Voivod songs. I just love it. <laughs> don't like them. Don't like them. Don't like them. But, um, I don't like it. But, but you know, you got me into Overkill and, and some of that. That's a win. That's good. So That's good. You hate yeah. shout the devil the same way you hate Voivod. Is that <laughs> it's a different kind of hate? I missed your shout out the double episode, so I'm just curious what you go back and listen. To that Please one. don't say yes to that. It's just, it's, it's just, uh, it just, it looks like an album that's thrown together just for the sake of like you, like you're saying, like make another album, you know? Make another nah, album. It's, it's not that. <laughs> no. It's not even that. They were just out there trolleys. It's I suppose. It's well. Some, those are some good beans in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, they got to come up with gimmicks and sell records. Yeah. Well, throwing in beans. Well, uh, <laughs> Gojira should have a new album out this year. Yeah, I expect they will. Yeah. Hopefully. So they're quite a stylish band, aren't they? I mean, I, I do actually kind of dig that. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Gojira. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were... I thought they were French. No, they're French. He, he said they're stylish. Stylish. Oh, I thought you said Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Stylington. Sorry, I, I should stop speaking English. Shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> you don't speak English. Go back to Britain. Yeah, uh, I should put on the yeah. Why you cotton picking goddamn son of a bitches? <laughs> I don't know. Is that American? No, st- uh, stick with your regular. It's <laughs> southern. It's very deep south. That America. was that was as good as my British accent. He was taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> awesome, man. But the last Gojira album was oh. fucking amazing. No, I like that one, and I'm not really a fan of Gojira. I thought that last one was good. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've kind of turned like they, they, their early stuff's kind of almost death metal. Yeah, the earlier um, stuff was like, yes, I don't but know. they turned a corner at uh, what was it? The one magma. Well, magma for sure. The one before that was <laughs> oh, pretty good too. Les fonds sauvages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our friend um, Matt Frank. Yeah, yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Backstage all the time. <laughs> I would see him at I concerts, just... but only if that band was there. <laughs> if 
Gaudreau was there, I was sure Max was going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them last year with uh, Slipknot, and they were fantastic. They I were have so tickets to see them in August with Deftones, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not at this point. Now, 20, 2021 is going to be a very busy year for gigs. Yeah, yeah, it is. And movies. And like, all the movies yeah. and all the gigs are being pushed back yeah. here, so, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to... Um, the former owner of the auto bar, he said there's going to be like a huge boom in performances in the fall. So get start booking people now, you know, that's yeah. sweet spot. Yeah. Everybody's going to want to perform. Yep. Everybody in the audience is going to be wearing masks. It'll be the new normal. Everyone will have gloves and masks to every yeah. show. Uh, yeah. yeah. Slipknot will have to take them off just to be different. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that actually sounds like something they would do. Yeah, it does. That would be amazing. Yeah. Have a good sense of humor. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess we talked a little bit about as you grow older, you get in different music. That you know, um, the nineties was. Like we talked to Craig last week, and he called it the dark days of metal, the yeah. '90s. I don't know if I, agree I would with agree that. with that. I don't know. I it was bizarre, man. That was. <laughs> I really. I wish Maybe the dark days would of flash more of a, Yeah, the, the '90s were. Uh, there's nothing more interesting than listening to an '80s band's like mid '90s album, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's probably such a weird. You know what I mean? Like Generation Swine or. Uh, Right. You know, Ozzy's like electro. Everybody tried to go electro for some reason. It didn't work yeah. for anyone. It's like yeah, I think I mean, it's like clothes that don't fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like between grunge and then after grunge, it was like, you know, rap metal a little bit, like new metal. Yeah. And like right. there was just those two things. And, and the, the, the 80s bands were trying to fit in somewhere in between there. Like, well, Trying to stay relevant. So somebody decided that guitar solos were a bad thing. Yeah. Right. And that just ruined the whole I mean, from like ninety-four to two thousand eight, maybe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, there's no guitar solos in anything. And and me <laughs> want like loving playing lead guitar just it killed me. Like I didn't even I didn't even want to play music anymore. Like, you know, as a like that was something I wanted to do with my life was play music. That killed it, but that whole drought. Yeah. Wow. Like I wasn't well, cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was weird too because it, it was really the alternative metal bands that ushered in grunge. If you think about it, like it was, it was like the the thrashy bands and like the you know the Danzigs and those that kind of like paved the way sure. from glam metal to grunge. And a lot of the grunge bands toured with those guys early on. Yep. But then then by the mid nineties, anything metal was just so uh what's his name scott ian was saying how that anthrax and danzig took soundgarden out like on their first big big tour you know they were nobodies mm. they got them big maybe five six years later it was reversed anthrax nobody wants to listen to anthrax or anthrax or danzig and soundgarden was huge but that's when a band like soundgarden is supposed to take those bands out and mm -hmm. you know pay them back yeah. that's the whole point and they didn't so the those grunge bands kind of deserted the people that got them yeah they kind of did yeah because just because it was a pop mtv moved moved on from metal and mm -hmm. 
it, it kind of got treated like disco, I guess, was in the 80s. Like, everybody's like, oh, you wasn't a disco. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, yeah, I mean, there was always a distinction, though, between the glam metal that was really, really passe and us. the dark. To stuff, us, but to know. the regular people, they just saw long hair. And- right. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. After a while, it was all lumped together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, generations I- come along that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It yeah. it didn't get me into other music though. Like the nineties, you know, obviously Pantera was probably my one of my favorite bands in the nineties, but you know, around like after high school I graduated in ninety four and then like ninety six is when I met my wife. So <clears throat> I started to explore different music, like you know <laughs> I would get my ass kicked for saying this, but I really love Blind Melon. Like they're one of my I love that one. Yeah, I love lots of alternative bands. Yeah. So like well, yeah. I thought that was a good year for music, even though it kind of screwed over the metal bands. There was a lot of good stuff in the 90s. Yeah. But it wasn't yeah. metal. Like, right, exactly. That's yeah. when I loved Radiohead, Garbage. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Like, yeah, a lot of too. these like bands that didn't play metal is what I was listening to. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, I think some of them were kind of metal. You know, I would consider Nirvana kind of thrashy. I would consider, you know, White Zombie was pretty metal. Oh, White Zombie was definitely had, had, had heavy elements to them. Nine Inch Nails at times. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was listening to. Nine Inch Nails, White Zombie, a lot of industrial stuff. That was yep. like mm-hmm. metal yep. alternative. Yep. Yeah. But there were no guitar solos. So. <laughs> <Bad. laughs> no. Well, you did have Dimebag, thankfully. And I know, yeah, I know, Justin, we've, we've had this conversation. We have? After, well, I've, I've seen your post on Facebook about oh. after... Uh, after I guess after Far Beyond Driven, right? Or far... display power. So see, I can't agree with that. I love both Far Beyond Driven and singing. I didn't like it as much. And then no. also when when Dime, um, especially when you get to Tranquil, like it's like he just took all these pedals and stuff and stopped using his skills. And I just yeah, but I I love that. Like I love any kind of like I like that, but. Yeah. It wasn't like the way those first two albums were. They were insane. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I just, for me, it's, you know. Also, like, I, I don't want to put politics or something into it, but the the fan base that came from Pantera was very different from me. Like, yeah. They mm-hmm. were like a, uh, I mean, it, it's a Southern thing, I guess. And I was a Northern. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they had they did have the the Confederate flag guitars and things like that. So yeah. there was that right. element of it. But I don't know. Dime is my favorite guitar player ever. I know. You I said love that. everything he did. And He's yeah, incredible. so and you know I loved like Suicide No Part Two. I, I fucking love that song. And even though you know he's just using that whammy pedal. Yeah, I, I get it. But it's it's no, me, that's I like fucking that awesome. One. Sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah. So and I like um, reinventing the steel. I feel like is my third favorite. Oh wow! Like. They came back with like a, like they went back to the to their roots, and the, and that was what I liked. So yeah, that's my least favorite of the of the good Pantera. <laughs> you know, <laughs> starting with Cowboys from Hell to Reinventing Steel's probably my least favorite. I mean, it's a good album. I just don't like it as much as the other one. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah. And nowadays, I mean, I don't know what you guys are listening to nowadays, metal wise, but um, you know, it's it's hard to find good new metal bands like they're out there but it's not you know like tim was saying earlier back in the late 80s it was like left and right we had stuff coming out us all over the place right and now it's you know it's you kind of have to dig to find good stuff so 
I mean, it's it's really um, it's kind of dropped off, isn't it? I mean, everything that's happening is older stuff. Um, for me, the newest the newest uh, uh, interesting band, and they're not even that new anymore. Was was like like the Volbeat, which right. you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I really um, and Ghost, yeah, yeah, Volbeat. There's a few one or two out there that uh, stick out, which uh, but. But even those bands are now 10 years old, probably. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and and are they, I don't need, I mean, the term heavy metal, is, is that <laughs> something for the 80s? You know? what's Everything has evolved so much now, isn't it? I mean, what's corn? They call it new metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was from the late 90s, right? Yeah, and I, I've always had a problem with the term new metal yeah. just because it was like, I don't know, I get it. Like, you, you want to put a label to it, but... It's so hard to point at what band is new metal as opposed to what band isn't new metal. Like people call Slipknot new metal. I wouldn't call Slipknot new metal. I think Slipknot was just fucking metal. To me, they were basically thrash with some, you know, some scratching and weird elements to them. So I guess that's what made them new metal because they had scratching and and he rapped a little bit. So I guess that qualifies them as new metal. But yeah. they call God Smack new metal. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, like what? Smack. I feel like those all three of those bands fit firmly into the new metal category. I mean, it's it's not like new metal was necessarily bad. Like there could be good new metal. It just for some reason there was a lot of bad new metal bands, you know. But the sound itself is fine. Like the Deftones did it well. System of the Down did it well. Slipknot did it well. Well, this was during the end of like I I, don't, I used to be able to divide up metal and any kind of music in the decades and yeah. oh yeah and yeah you could like go down to the year in the 90s now it's impossible yeah right. so that was the last time and so a new genre would come along and everybody would cling to it then so that's how new mm. metal came along but that was the end of that once the pirating music started and and local bars didn't really have bands like you know serious local bars didn't have bands um it seems like we just don't have scenes anymore. We don't have new genres. We don't. Um, you don't. You don't get like this. This following from the ground up. But I think it's it's gonna start happening as more and more. Well, YouTube type of stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I was having a conversation with my my wife and kids the other day about you were just talking music and metal came up and. Like they were asking me, I don't remember the exact conversation, but the topic of like death metal compared to grind metal compared to like all these different kinds of, you know, metal that are, I, I couldn't even tell you these days, like grind core. I don't know what grind core is. I couldn't tell you a grind core, but tell me a grind core bit. Exactly what you hate. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But that, and I guess that's why, but I just, there are these different genres out there. I just don't know them because I don't know, maybe I'm not 20 years old. Maybe that's one reason, but I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to keep up care. with. Why would you care? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. those people, no, yeah. young people care. They're like, oh, I listen to this. Yeah, I always, I always question that. Like, is it because I'm old that I don't like recognize any type of like? It just feels like everything changed in the early, in the early two thousands as far as styles and you know, like the it, way, the mainstream. Did yeah. it change or am I just old? I think it changed. For me, it changed in the nineties. You know, after about ninety two, ninety three, things changed. I think it's a, and I think that just proves it's a generational thing. Like yeah. for for Mike, it was the two thousands. For yeah. you, it was yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I guess. Know. Yeah, but I could clearly see styles throughout the nineties. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
people call dubstep a style of music. <laughs> <laughs> <Think> of <it. laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think I, I know what brought new metal on. I think it was in the in the late '80s, early '90s. A lot of these, a lot of the people that became the artists in new metal were listening to not just metal. They were listening to anything that was angry and pissed off at the system. Yeah. You know, like like NWA or or, or these you know rap and you know, bands that weren't typical metal so it it blended into this thing right. that deftones created and and corn and those bands and 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 that's and it became new metal but um the one thing that those new metal bands a lot of them have in common that i really didn't like was that they aren't angry at the system they aren't um like angry they were just whining about their them, themselves yeah. like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't relate like come on let's get angry at something <laughs> they got very, very literal like there wasn't much like poetry to the to the lyrics so you know it's just kind of like i'm in pain <laughs> yeah. this guy's in pain yeah, like, he did it all for the nookie <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Robert Robert Frost over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all it's all evolved and uh, it's all kind of blended into just hard rock now mm-hmm. with yeah. extreme stuff, you know. So it's funny that you mentioned those two bands, Bullbeat and Ghost. Yeah, Bullbeat being from Denmark and Ghost from Sweden. We don't see American bands anymore. So yeah. I feel like that's where things are happening now. It's not here. Yeah. So we're just, mm-hmm. I, it's crazy to me to think that Volby would make it on American radio as a Danish band and be this huge rock band. And then the same with Ghosts. Like you haven't seen a Swedish band get that big since ABBA. So yeah. weird. Yeah, I, I like Mastodon is like the most recent band. Right. They're not, they're like, probably 20 years old at this point so and they made too many albums they have they have this album problem we talked about earlier like i love them i i took guitar lessons with both of their guitar players like and then I look at look at look at ramstein i mean they they, they don't even sing in english i mean right? yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's yeah. just totally hey, yeah. going, guys okay that's cool we're gonna wrap up thanks so much for having so. me this was hey, hey so Mention real quick, you have a podcast too. I should have mentioned that at the top of the show, but you run a confessional uh, podcast. Yes, we have right? the confessional podcast. You can find that anywhere, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes. We recently had Michael Alago, who actually signed Metallica to uh, Electra. Oh, wow. Nice. And um, yeah, we've had Marty Friedman. We've had uh, Richie Ramon. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Um, of course, thank everyone, you. Everyone check out Mike's podcast. It's very good. Um, and we'll talk to you later, man. Eric, if you can post up the links for this guy, you know. I, yeah, I'd absolutely. Like to, I will. It'll be on. It'll be on the link. Yeah. Yep. It'll be on our our podcast link. Cheers, yep. man. Thanks, guys. Nice yep. meeting everybody. Yep. See you, man. Everybody. All right. Take care. Yeah, man. So uh, there you go, Eric, Tim. Yeah. What's up, Justin? You need to start a new band, new heavy band. <laughs> <laughs> We're too old for that. <laughs> we play, uh, once every three years. We I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually you know you're talking about genres T- to me heavy metal and because I, I am old you know we are older heavy metal actually to me is literally bands like maiden with songs like revelation you know peace of mind or uh and justice for all it, it's it, 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 it's it's like master of puppets 
to me, a lot of that seems to be faster than and uh, the, the, the stuff on and justice for all become really, really heavy. Well, it was really refined too. Yeah, yeah, it's just heavy. You yeah, know? And, and then I listen to Peace of Mind. It's really heavy, and some of those songs, and and, and not so fast because um, you you know some stuff you could describe Metallica as being thrashy, but yeah, it isn't when you compare it to what came later either. Right. Um, but well, that kind of goes with what we were saying about the '90s. Like they they kind of changed with the, you know, with the '90s. So. Even the guitar tones in those new metal bands were horrible. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing good. About oh, the first Deftones album, the guitar tone on that album is terrible. Oh, yeah. I love the Deftones, but that guitar tone on that album is awful. I think everybody was using those pods, like the original pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bean. The kidney bean. <laughs> oh, God, those things. I remember those. Yep. Uh, well, we've run the gamut. I think we're good. I think uh, we had some good stories, stuff we haven't told before. So This was fun. I don't get to talk about this stuff with anybody. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, well, we'll have you on again. Yeah, um, we'll do another. You know, we're still doing '90s albums, so yeah. Anytime to do this, I definitely want to do it again. This is fun. It was nice yeah. meeting you, Paul. Cheers, Justin. Nice man. Catch up. All thank right. you. Thank you for having me along. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was. It was nice. It was nice to get out. Well, I moved, <laughs> I, I moved right. from the middle section of the sofa to the Zen section of the sofa. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, guys. See you later. Well, thank you. Safe. All right. See you. Easy. Cool. Yeah. Play a little outro song. That this is the song me and Tim wrote actually. Energy. Energy <laughs> aggression. Not that. That's Phil and Power. To sum it up, it's a vulgar display of power. We say things to people that mean something. I mean, in our own little way. Ricky, quick. Will you try to think my power? <laughs> the human element of making music is what's most important. Singing into a microphone and learning to play an instrument, that's the most important thing. That's heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs>